Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Never use parallax scrolling, please, please. If you don't remember anything else, please remember this. You make me and, and people like me really happy. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. So hi everyone, my name is Eva Janna, or Evis, as mentioned. And also as mentioned that I'm accessibility specialist and, and senior Android developer, and I work at Aura, so I actually have like two rings here. So if you've ever heard of us, we have this Aura ring. So yeah, that's the company where I work at. And also, as mentioned, I am a certified professional in web accessibility and women deck makers ambassador. And I'm, I, I really love to share what I've learned. So I blog, I speak, well, I'm here today. And other than that, I'm also a disabled person, which you might have guessed from the intro I gave. But yeah, I think that is about me. And yeah, maybe mentioning I'm from Finland. I didn't like, uh, I had written this down that I need to remember to say this like the first thing, but I always forget. But yeah, I'm from Finland. And um, let's get to the actual talk. And, and first, we are going to talk about animations and accessibility in general. And like, what is actually problematic movement and, and why the movement can be problematic. And after that, on the second part, we will look into uh, more Android-specific things and, and the reduced motion setting. So, first, animations and accessibility. Um, when I talk about accessibility, my, like, I basically mean that anyone, despite of having disabilities or impairments, can use a digital product. So, like, be it an app, website, whatever. And this also means that these um, digital products work with assistive technologies such as screen readers or, or um, switch devices or different settings such as reduce motion or remove animations. So that's the really short definition of accessibility and what I mean here. And why I talk about animations? Well, you heard my story and, and like, this is definitely not the only time this has happened, but it's maybe the like most memorable one, unfortunately. But it happens all the time because, well, animations, they are everywhere. And um, I, I also want to raise awareness on this topic because I know that it's not really that known thing. So that's why I, I also want to talk about it. And uh, let's touch the problem with animations and, and why they can be problematic. I have two reasons for that. First of all, 
animations can actually trigger different kinds of symptoms, such as nausea, dizziness, feeling disoriented, or seizures, or other, um, well, other symptoms as well. But there is also other uh, one more side, not just these like different kinds of symptoms. It's also about distraction. So animations can actually be really distracting. I don't know if you've ever tried to read uh, like content, be it on, on a web page or a mobile app, and then there is some, some like animations happening somewhere near the content. At least for me, it's really hard to concentrate because like my like attention is drawn to the animations all the time. And it's like trying to read through a text with conditions like that so that there is some animations around, that's really hard. And um, I bet that I'm not actually the only one to uh, feel like that. And I know I'm not the only one. So yeah. What then causes these two things that I, I mentioned? I wanna um, talk about two different types of disabilities. But even when I'm talking about these disabilities, I want to remind you that it's not just about disabled people. It's also like anyone can feel like there, there are different things that might um, affect, for example, concentration, being stressed out or or like tired or things like that can also make you uh, feel like or like hard to concentrate, for example. So it's not just about these disabilities, but I, I want to raise these as, as an examples. So first of all, vestibular disorders. That's an umbrella term for different um, disorders or conditions that affect the um, vestibular system. So, so the, the system that affects, for example, balance. And um, these are usually causes for uh, the, like, animations triggering symptoms. And some examples of these vestibular disorders are, for example, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, vestibular migraine, labyrinth, I'm sorry, these words are sometimes really hard, labyrinthitis or vestibular neuritis or Meniere's disease, age-related re related dizziness and imbalance, or vestibular damage due to head injury, or secondary endolymphatic hydrops, or um, yeah, that's that's like the examples I'm going to give. The words are getting so much harder, so I'm I'm not even going to try. But these are some examples, and um, what causes these vestibular disorders? There are different reasons such as, for example, traumatic brain injuries might cause some of these vestibular disorders, ear infection, migraines, strokes, and sometimes the reason remains unknown. For example, for the benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, the reason actually usually remains unknown, and that's what happened to me at some point, for example. So yeah, uh, Vestibular disorders can cause animations not to be so pleasant. And the other thing is cognitive disabilities. These are sometimes like 
especially the causes might be kind of like um, the same as for vestibular disorders. So for example, head injuries might cause cognitive disabilities. For example, like myself, I've hit my head and due to that, I have a cognitive disability. But also um, different things like autism or ADHD or, or other such conditions might um, affect, for example, um, like the, um, might affect concentration, which again, might lead to, to animations being distracting. So yeah, these are two examples of causes. There might be other causes as well, but uh, if you are thinking that it's just small group of people, well, I actually have to say that it's it's like really big group of people. I don't remember the exact numbers, and especially for the vestibular disorders, there are there is not that much data because it's an umbrella term and and it's hard to gather data and in different countries, but for Cognitive disabilities, they are actually the biggest group of disabilities. And again, I can't remember numbers, <laughs> um, but I should have written something down. But now I, of course, realized that I, I like when I didn't write down, I don't remember it in this situation. But these are big groups. All right. Let's then move to what actually makes movement problematic. And um, I'm going to uh, use Ballhead's article, Designing Safer Web Animation for Motion Sensitivity, as a resource for this one. And then I, I have one additional item. But in this um, article from A List Apart from 2015, it's still really relevant article. Uh, Ballhead found uh, three, like, um, reasons for, for like movement being problematic. So uh, the, these are relative size of the movement, mismatched directions and distance covered. And let's talk a bit more about these next. So the relative size of the movement. So if, if the animation is relatively big, for example, it's more likely to cause um, symptoms, for example, or trigger symptoms than uh, if the relative size is small. So even on, on like a mobile phone screen, if the animation takes the whole screen, like a transition from one, one activity to, to another, that's, that might be really problematic. For example, for myself, these like transitions are something that, that make me, well, not to feel like I described in the beginning, but they make me feel a bit uneasy and, and I know that if I had to watch them a lot then I would start feeling probably nauseous at some point. Um, and it's also about perceived space so how like we perceive the space is it if it's big or not. Then the mismatched directions and speed it's about like um, if, if you are basically scrolling one way and the movement goes another way, that might be really problematic. And personally for me, these um, like animations that go uh, scroll like horizontally when I'm trying to scroll vertically are like 
they are the worst, actually. So if you remember an HTML element called marquee from the history, it's already deprecated. But unfortunately, that animation is still used in many places. Um, so it was basically an element that, that was scrolling uh, horizontally. Well, that's something that I, I really hope that I will never, ever see again, because that's really a problem for myself. So yeah, and then parallax crawling, that's another problem because usually the speed directions are mismatched compared to when, when you are, or when the user is scrolling uh, down. This is more visible on the web, but I, I, I've seen it on, on mobile as well. And for some reason there are at least designers who like it a lot. And I'm, I'm usually just trying to explain that, hey, maybe, maybe we don't want to do that. Not in my uh, current company, but like in the history. So yeah. And then the third one is the distance covered. So basically this is related to both of, and especially with the relative size of the movement, but basically with the mismatched directions and speed. But if the distance is long, that, that like um, the animation is covering. So if it, if it's, covering like lots of real space. So not, not just like relative space, but also like real space. So if, if the actual screen is big and then it covers the whole screen, that's really problematic. And especially if it goes to um, like a direction or in a speed that's mismatched with scrolling, for example. So yeah. So these were the three things I wanted to raise from Valhead's uh, article. And the fourth problematic thing I wanted to talk about is movement near content. I already mentioned that if there is some animations near the, like when, when user is trying to read something and then there is some movement near there, it's really like often uh, catching the attention. And then like, if you're trying to get back to reading and then there is again something and, and you're again looking at that, um, like animation and not the text. It's really hard to concentrate on that. And especially if you have some, some like challenges with concentration, it makes it even worse if there are these like um, animations that steal your attention. So yeah. But now that I've been talking about animations being bad and, and I think everybody thinks that I hate all of them and, and like I never want to see any any animations anywhere. I actually want to say that not all animations are bad because animations can actually help to, uh, for example, like build connections between items and um, help people to understand or users to understand relationships, for example, between two items or concepts or, or like whatever. So there are good things. And usually if the animation is on, for example, non-moving objects, so it's, it's about like color change or, or like, um, can't think of anything else right now, but, but if, it, if it's, for example, a color change or opacity change, then it's less likely to cause problems, at least trigger symptoms, but it can still be distracting. So. That's, that's a good thing to remember as well. 
but yeah. Um, so maybe like what I hope that you remember from this first part is that um, be mindful of like when you are using animations and remember that the bigger the animation, the, the more movement it is more like more likely to cause some problems. All right. Let's then switch to Android specific things. And um, yeah, so as mentioned, there is this setting that I am using so that like, um, <laughs> I don't see that much animations. So um, it's called either reduce motion or uh, remove animations. I know that on like iOS, I think it's it's like reduced motion, but then on Android, it's most likely like uh, remove animations. And on the web, it's called reduced motion. So that's why it's the word that I use, because like what I didn't say in my introduction is that I have a background in web development and I've actually switched to Android not that long ago. So like I'm still thinking lots of things in, in like, well, <laughs> how I learned them basically, like on, on the web world, but yeah. And um, this setting, it's an operating system level setting and websites and apps, they can actually respect it. On the mobile side, the things are way better, I could say, because usually they are respected. We are going to talk about the situations when they are not respected on Android in a bit, but usually they are respected. And then, uh, on the web, the situation is really not that good because uh, it's respected only if the developer decides to implement this um, support for this setting. So usually they don't because nobody usually knows about this reduced motion. And that's also a reason why I'm talking about it a lot. If you want to test this setting on your Android phone, you can um, find it, find the setting from settings. And then it's usually under accessibility settings. And then there is something like vision or might be under something else. On my phone, it's, it's vision and then turn animations off. But it might be um, something else. But like using your favorite search engine, put your phone and turn animations off, you will probably find the um, like instructions for finding the setting. And then like when you turn the setting on, test the phone and see how that like um, experience changes because it does, I, I, I can assure you. So yeah. Uh, then a couple of words about the setting on Android, like from development perspective. So it's respected, as I mentioned, it's respected in, in most of the cases. And uh, so when the animation is based uh, on, like when it's animator based, then it's respected. So like it doesn't show the animation then. Or if the app is built with com Jetpack Compose version 1.2.0 or higher, then it's respected. But then there are some times when you want to check if 
the setting is on programmatically or, you know, that it's not respected automatically. So you need to probably implement the um, support. Well, uh, if you are using Compose version um, that is lower than 1.2.0, then it's not respected. Then there might be some like cases when I don't know why it's not respected. I, I've encountered those and I still don't know why it wasn't respected, even though it should have been. So there is like always, I would say the test if it's um, respected. So so that, that's always a good, good thing. And then if you're using something like Lottie to show the uh, animation, I really, suggest checking or testing how it looks like when the setting is on because sometimes it just displays or like the default behavior for example for Lottie is that it, it shows the first frame of the animation and sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not for example in the same feature we have this uh, dolphin jumping out from the water or up from the water and for that animation the first frame is um, just an almost empty uh, like picture, so it's not ideal. So we implemented a check for that in the app. So yeah, and how you can actually check it. Let's look at some code first. I'm going to go uh, through this piece of code in piece by piece, but basically like what we are going to talk about is a function called is reduced motion enabled, and I'm, I'm using Kotlin here, by the way. And uh, this function returns Boolean if the reduced motion is enabled. Let's first take the first part. So first of all, we will need to get the, uh, like the value of animator duration scale from settings. But if it, uh, sorry, so we can get it, its value is a float, and we can get it with um, settings.global.getFloat, and then we need to add the content result, uh, context.contentResolver to it. And then uh, what we are actually getting from there is settings.global.animatorDurationScale. So that's basically what we, the piece of information that we want to know. Then, because uh, that, like, if that setting is not enabled, then we actually need to handle that case or possible error. So uh, this animator, animator duration scale, its like value is well, if if it if it's implemented and uh, the reduced motion is enabled, the value is zero. And then if it's not, it's something uh, above zero. So basically what we want to do is that we try to get that value, that float value. And if there is a settings or setting not found exception, we catch that value and set the value to one. Because basically like it can be any number that is not zero, but if it's not uh, the setting is not implemented, it's not there, then we can safely assume that the like reduced motion is not enabled. All right. 
So now we have basically the animation duration. If the setting is there, it's zero, and if it's um, if it's not, if it's or if if it's there and it's enabled, then it's zero, and if it's not or or like it's not enabled, it's something else than zero. So in the next phase, or or this is basically the whole um, function, and. Um, in, in this one, we check if the animation duration is zero. If it's zero, then it's enabled. If it's not, well, it's not enabled. We are nearing the end of the talk. And um, the key takeaways, or there are three plus one things that I hope that you remember from this talk. So first of all, I'm going to start with the plus one, actually. And it's that. Never use parallax scrolling, please, please. If you don't remember anything else, please remember this. You make me and, and people like me really happy. But uh, yeah, but the other three things are that um, first, not everyone enjoys animations because they can be either distracting or they can be even, even like really unpleasant or even painful because they might trigger different kinds of symptoms. And we who um, suffer from these symptoms, we use operating system level setting to turn the animations on or off. So please respect it. This was the uh, point number two, by the way. And the third one um, is that in Android, this setting is respected in many instances, but it's not always respected. So it's like, as with basically anything, test. Test, like when you are adding animations, test with this setting on. This is easier to test because uh, you don't need any extra like hardware or anything for that. It's like, if you have new enough Android phone, you can just use the settings from like the accessibility settings. So that's a good thing. All right. Thank you for listening. So my name is Eva Napanula or Evis Panula. And uh, if you want to reach me, you can find all my contact info from my website, which is evis.coach. So E-E-V-I-S dot C-O-D-E-S. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.